2016. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight, we're going to do a reading of the mystical, magical poem, The Hashish Eater, by the late poet and fantasy writer, Clark Ashton Smith, who was a friend and a colleague of Howard Phillips Lovecraft, uh, back in the old Weird Tales magazine, whose magical fantasies were also featured in Weird Tales in the 1930s and 1940s, and in Dark of the Moon from Arkham House. You know that was uh, that was Gerlitt, uh, who published uh, Lovecraft material and some and some Smiths too, uh, and. Uh, a book from Ballantine's uh, New Worlds for Old, uh, edited by my dear friend uh, and mentor, Lynn Carter. Uh, and uh, now this poem is a fantastic, magical experience. And it invokes dreamlike visions. And so uh, we want you to stay with us and discover a magical psychedelic experience. And of course I hope I can I, I hope I can do justice to this. I really would would you know that would that old Vincent Price was uh, you know still uh still alive and we could have him on here doing this this one because this is one that he could do beautifully. And but I'll you know I'll, I'll do my best to get it across to you and then of course uh you know, uh, reiterate where you can where you can get a copy yourself if you if you want to. Okay, so the Hasher Cedar by Clark Ashton Smith. Bow down. I am the Emperor of Dreams. I crown me with the million colored sun of secret worlds incredible, and take their trailing skies for vestments. When I soar, throned on the mounting zenith, and alone the spaceward flow, horizons infinite, like rampant monsters roaring for their glut, the fiery crested oceans rise and rise by jealous moons, maleficently urged to follow me forever, mountains horned with peaks of sharpest adamant, and moored with sulfur-lit volcanoes lava-leagued. Usurp the skies with thunder, but in vain, and continents of serpent-shapen trees with slimy trunks that lengthen league by league pursue my flight through ages Burned to fire by that supreme ascendance, sorcerers and evil kings predominantly armed with scrolls of fulvous dragon skin, whereon are worm-like runes of ever-twisting flame, would stay me, and the sirens of the stars with foam-white song from silver fragrances wrought. would lure me to their crystal reefs and moons where viper-eyed sentient devils dwell with antinome, with antic gnomes abominably wise 
heave up their icy horns across my way, but naught deters me from the goal ordained by suns and aeons and immortal wars, and sung by moons and motes the goal whose name is all the secret of forgotten glyphs by sinful gods in torrid rubies writ for ending of a brazen book the goal whereat my soaring ecstasy may stand in amplest heavens multiplied to hold my hordes of thunder-vested avatars and Promethean armies of my thought that brandish clasped lemons there I call my memories intolerably clad in light the peaks of paradise may wear and lead the Armageddon of my dreams, whose instant shout of triumph is become immensity's own music. For their feet are founded on innumerable worlds remote in alien epochs, and their arms upraised are columns potent to exalt with ease ineffable the countless thrones of all the gods that are and gods to be, or bearer seats of Asmodee and set above the seventh paradise. Supreme, in culminant omniscience manifold and served by senses multitudinous, far posted on the shifting walls of time with eyes that roam the star unwinnowed fields of utter night and chaos I convoke the babble of their visions, and attend at once their myriad witness. I behold in Ombos, where the fallen titans dwell, with mountain-builded walls and gulfs for moat. The secret cleft that cunning dwarves have dug beneath an alpine buttress, and I list too late the clang of adamantine gongs, Dinned by their drowsy guardians whose feet have felt the wasp-like sting of little knives, imbrued with the slobber of a basilisk, or juice of a wounded upas, and I see in gardens of a crimson-litten world the sacred flower with lips of purple flesh and silver-lashed vermilion-lidded eyes of torpid azure, whom his furtive priests at moonless eve in terror seek to slay with bubbling grails of sacrificial blood that hide a hueless poison, and I read upon the tongue of a forgotten sphinx the annulling word a spiteful demon wrote with gall of slain chimeras, and I know what pentacles the lunar wizard uses that once allured the gulf returning rock with ten great wings of furled storm to pause midmost an alabaster mount and there with bolder weighed webs of dragon's gut uplifted by cranes a captive giant built they wound the monstrous moonquake throbbing bird and plucked from off his sabered taloned feet Uranium sapphires fast in frozen blood with amethysts from Mars. I lean to read with slat-lipped mashes in the evil star, the monstrous archives of a war that ran through wasted aeons 
and the prophecy of wars renewed that shall commemorate some in, in, enmity, reverend-headed kings, even to the brink of time, I know the blooms of bluish fungus, pricked with mercury, the bloat within the craters of the moon, and in one still selenic hour have shrunk to pools of slime and fetor, and I know what clammy blossoms, blanched and cavern grown, are preferred in Uranus to their gods by mole-eyed peoples and the livid seed of some black fruit a king and Saturn ate, which cast upon his tinkling palace floor and took root between the burnished flags and now hath mounted and become a hellish tree whose lithe and hairy branches lined with mouths Knit like a hundred ropes, his lurching throne, and strain at startling pillars I behold, and the slowly thronging curls that usurp some harbor of a million-masted sea, and the sun them on the league-long wharfs of gold, bulks of, cr- of enormous crimson, kraken-limbed and kraken-headed, lifting up as crown the octorines of perished emperors and galleys fraught with royal gems that sailed from a sea-deserted haven. Swifter grow the visions, now a mighty city looms, hewn from a hill of purest cinnabar to domes and turrets like a sunrise thronged, with a tier on tier of captive moons half-drowned in shifting irreverence, but whose hands were sculptors of its doors and columns wrought to semblance of prodigious blooms of old. No ermite hath lingered there to stay, and no man comes to learn, for long ago a prophet came, warning its timid king against the plague of lichens that crept across subverted empires and sand of wastes that Cyclopean mountains ward, which slow and delectable would come to take his fiery bastions and his frames and quench his domes with greenish tetter. And now I see a host of naked giants armed with horns of behemoth, a behemoth and unicorn who wander blinded by the clinging spells of hostile wizardry and stagger on to forests where the very leaves have eyes and ebony's like wrathful dragons roar. To teeks a chuckle in the lowly gloom where coiled lianas lean with serried fangs from writhing palms with swollen bowls that moan, where leeches of a scarlet moss have sucked in the eyes of some dead monster, and have crawled to dash upon his azure-spotted spine, where hydra-throated blossoms hiss and sing, or yawn with mouths that drip a sluggish dew whose touch is death and slow corrosion. And then I watch a war of pygmies met by night with pitter of their drums and parasite, 
plains with no horizon where a god might lose his way for centuries and there in wreathed light and fulgors all convoluted a route of green enormous moons ascend with rays that like a shivering venom run on inch-long swords of wizard fang. From this, my throne, as from a central sun, the pageantries of worlds and cycles pass, forgotten splendors dream by dream unfold, like tapestry and vanished violet suns, or suns of changeful iridescence, Bring their rays about me like, a, like colored lights, imploring priests might lift to glorify the face of some averted god, the song of mystic poets in a purple world. Ascend to me in music that is made from unconceived perfumes and the pulse of love ineffable, the lute players whose lutes are strung with gold of the utmost moon, call forth delicious languors never known, save to their golden kinds, the sorcerers of hooded stars, inscrutable to God, whose in dark dethroning secrecy I cannot share, though I am king of suns and king therewith of strong eternity, whose nomens with their swords of shadow guard my gates and slay the intruder, silence loads the wind of either, and the words, worlds are still to hear the word that flees from me. All my dreams fall like a rack of fuming vapors raised to semblance by a necromant and leave spirit and sense unthinkably alone above a universe of shrouded stars and suns that wander coiled with the sullen gloom like witches at a Sabbath. Fear is born in crypts below the nadir and half crawled, reaching the door of space and waits for wings to lift it upward like a hellish worm. Fame for the flesh of the seraphs, eyes that gleam but are not eyes of suns and galaxies, gather and throng to the base of darkness, plain behind some black abysmal curtain burns, implacable and fanned to whitest wrath by raised wings that fall, uh, that fall the little gloom and make a brief and broken wind that moans as one who rides a throbbing rack there is a thing that crouches, worlds and years remote, whose horns a demon sharpens, rasping forth a note to shatter the dungeon keeps of time and crack the sphere of crystal. All is dark for ages, and my toiling heart suspends its clamor as within the clutch of death, tightening with tense hermetic rigors, then in one enormous Million flashing flame, the stars unveil, the suns remove their cowls and beam to their responding planets. Time is mine once more in armies of its dreams. Ranny to the inseparable throne, 
confirmed on the central zenith. The meads of shining molly I had found in some remoter vision by a stream no cloud hath ever tarnished, where the sun, a gold narcissus, loiters evermore above its golden image. But I find a corpse, the a corpse the ebbing water will not keep, with eyes like sapphires that have lain in hell, and felt the hissing embers and the flowers about me turn to hooded serpents, swayed by flutes of devils in a hellish dance, meet nor meet for the nod of Satan when he reigns above the raging Sabbath and his wood. My sarabands and which are witches. But I turn to mountains guarding with their horns of snow the source of that befouled rill and seek a pinnacle where none but eagles climb. And they with failing pinions, but in vain I flee, for on that pylon of the sky some curse hath turned the unprinted snow to flame. Red fires that curl and cluster to my tread, trying the summit's narrow queek And now I see a silver python far beneath, vast as a river that a fiend hath witched, and forced to flow remnant in its course to fountains whence it issued rapidly it winds from slope to crumbling slope and fills ravines and chasmal gorges till the crags totter uh, with coil and, and coil incumbent and soon I have entwined the pinnacle I keep banged unfathomable maw wherein great typhon and and Cletus were orts of daily glut. But I am gone, for at my call a hippogriff hath come, and firm beneath his thunder-beating wings I mount the sheer Corellian walls of noon and see the earth-spurred pebble fall lost in the fields of nether stars. And seek a planet where the outwearied wings of time might pause and furl for respite, or the plumes of death be stayed and later in reprieve above some deathless lily. For therein beauty hath found an avatar of flowers, blossoms, that clothe it as a colored flame from peak to peak, from pole to sullen pole, and turn the skies to perfume. And there I find a lonely castle, calm and unbeset, save by the purple spears of amaranth and tender sordid iris, walls upbuilt of flushed marble, wonderful with rose and domes like golden bubbles and minarets, that take the clouds as coronal. These are mine, the voiceless looms, the peaceful barbican, and the heavy-toothed portcullis hangs aloft as if to smile a welcome. And so I leave my hippogriff to crop the magic meads and pass into the court the lilies hold 
and tread them to a fragrance that pursues to win the portico whose columns, carved of lapis lazuli and amber, mock the palms of bright Edenic forests, capital with fronds of stone fretted to airy lace, enfolding groups that seem as tawny clusters of breasts of unknown hoaries and convoluted with vines of shut and shadowy leaved flowers, like the dropped lids of women that endure some loin-dissolving rapture. Through a door inlaid with, li- with lilies twined luxuriously, I enter, dazed and blinded with the sun, and here in gloom that changing colors cloud, a chuckle sharp as crepulating ice, Upheaved and cloven by shoulders of the damned who strive in in Atenoria. And when my eyes undazzle and the cloud of color fades, I find me in a monster-guarded room where marble apes with wings of griffins crowd on walls an evil sculptor wrought, and beasts wherein the sloth and vampire bat unite, pendulous by their toes of tarnished bronze, usurp the shadowy interval of lamps that hang from ebon arches like a ripple borne by the wind from the pool to, from pool to sluggish pool in fields where wide cockatus flows his bound, a crackling smile round that circle runs. And all the stone-wrought gibbons stare at me with eyes that turn to glowing coals. And I fear that found no name in Babel flings me on, breathless and faint with horror, to a hall where within, whose weary self-reverting round the languid curtains heavier than Paul's, innumerably depict a weary king who fain would cool his jewel-crusted hands in lakes of emerald, evening o'er the fields of dreamless poppies pure with rain. I flee onward, and all the shadowy curtains shake with tremors of a silken sighing mirth. And whispers of the innumerable king breathing a tale of ancient pestilence, whose very words are vile contagion. And then I reach a room where Cothrates, carved in the form of tall, voluptuous titan women, surround a throne of flowering ebony, where creeps a vine of crystal. On the throne there lolls a wan, enormous worm whose bulk, tumid with all the rottenness of kings, o'erflows its arms with fold on creases to increased fold of fat, obscenely bloating. Open mouth he leans, and from his throat a score of tongues depending like, uh, like to wreaths of torpid vipers drivel with phosphorescent slime that runs down all his length of soft, monstrous folds and creeping along the flowers of ebony lends them the life of tiny serpents 
Now, ere the horror ope these red and lashless slits of eyes that draw the gnat and midge, I turn and follow down a dusty hall whose gloom, lined by the statues of their mighty limbs, ends in a golden-roofed balcony, sphering the flowered horizon. Here my heart hath hushed the panic tumult of its pulses. I listen from beyond the horizon's rim, a matter faint as when the first simoon mounting from unknown deserts opens forth, wide as the waste, whose wings of torrid night that fling the doom of cities from their folds, and musters in its van a thousand winds that with Disrooted palms for besoms rise and sweep the sands to fury, and as the storm approaches, mounts uh, and loudens to the ears of them that toil in fields of sesame. So grows the mooter, and a shadow creeps above the gold horizon like a dawn of darkness climbing sunward. Now they come, a Sabbath of abominable shapes, left by the fiends and the leme of the, of the worlds that owned my sway aforetime, Cockatrice, Py- Python, Tagalithus, Leviathan, Chimera, Magacorus, Behemoth, Graham and Sphinx and Hydra. On my ken arise as might some a freak builded city consummate in the lifting of a lash with thunderous domes and sounding obelisks and towers of night and fire alternate wings of hot white stone along the hissing wind bear up the huge and furnace hearted beasts of hells beyond uh, Ruticulus, and and of things whose lightless length would meet the gyre of moons born from the caverns of a dying sun, uncoil to the very zenith disclosed from gulfs below the horizon octopi. Like blazing moons with countless arms of fire, climb from the seas of ever-surging flame, that royal and roar through planets unconsumed, beating on coasts of unknown metals, beasts that rage the mighty worlds of Aloth, rise, afforesting the the heavens with multitudinous horns, within whose maze with the winds are lost, and born on the cliff-like brows of plunging uh, scopendras, and the sea and the, and the shell-wrought towers of ocean witches loom, and griffin-mounted gods, and demons throned on sable dragons, and the cockadrills that bear the, splend- the spleenful pygmies on their backs, and the blue-faced wizards from the words, worlds of, of Saif, on whom titanic scorpions fawn and armies that move with fronts reverted from the foe and strike athwart their shoulders uh, at the shapes their shields reflect in crystal and 
Idola. Passion within unfathomable caves by hands of eyeless peoples and the blind and worm-shaped monsters of a sunless world with krakens from the ultimate abyss and demigorgons from the outer dark arising stout with the multitudinous thunders and threatening me with the dooms ineffable. And in words whereat the heavens leap to flame, advance on the magic pace, thrown before the league on league, their blasting shadows blight and eat like, like fire the amaranthine meads. And leaving an ashen desert, and in the palace I hear the apes of marble shriek and howl, and all the women-shapen columns moan, babbling with unknown terror. And in my fear, a monstrous dread, unnamed in, in, in any hell, I rise and flee with, with fleeing wind for wings. And in a trice, the magic palace reels and spring to a single towered flame goes out and leaves nor, sh- nor shroud of, em- uh, of ember flown beyond the world upon the fleeting wind. I reach the gulfs for irrepressible verge where fails the strongest storm from breath I fall. Supportless through the nadir plunged gloom beyond the scope and vision of the sun to other skies and systems in a world deep wooded with a multicolored fungi that soar in semblance of fantastic palms. I fall as falls the meteor stone and break a score of trunks to powder. All unhurt I rise and through the illimitable woods among the trees of flimsy opal roam and see their tops that clamor hour by hour to touch the sons of Iris, things unseen, whose charnel breath informs the tideless air, spreading pools of fetter, follow me. Elusive past the ever-changing palms and pittering moths with wide and ashen wings Flit on before and insects ember-hued descending hurtle through the gorgeous gloom and quench themselves in crumbling thickets heard far off the gong-like roar of beasts unknown resounds at measured intervals of time shaking the riper tree to dust and falls in clouds of acrid perfume stifling me beneath a pall of iris. Now, that should give you a, a uh, the experience of, of Clark Ashton Smith's uh, verbal onslaught. Uh, this this is, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, a, a poetic tour de force. Robert Graves was of the opinion that, that, that a poem like this could not possibly be written because it was, it, 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 according to his, uh, the, uh, a poet could not sustain, uh, could, could sustain this sort of uh, vision 
uh, long enough to do something like this. But I think that uh, Clark Ashton Smith uh, um, certainly proved that it could be done, and, and uh, this is quite a, quite an effort. Uh, and you know, you know uh, this this particular uh, one that I just uh, read is from New Worlds for Old. And this is a collection that uh, that my my good friend uh, and mentor Lynn Carter put together uh, for Ballantine Books back in the back in the uh, uh, well, let's, let's see, just when they when he did put this together, uh, 1971, uh, and uh, and and it's still available. You, you can still you can still get it. It's called New Worlds for Old, and and uh, um, I would also, while we're, to, while we're on the subject of, of, of Smith, I'd like to recommend uh, uh, his uh, his fantasy, his uh, you know his fantasies uh, in the Sothique collection. Sothique, it, it's spelled the way it sounds, Sothique. And uh, Clark Ashton Smith created a. Uh, a dying world, which of course became the inspiration. Although he doesn't, he never admitted it. But uh, uh, Jack Vance never admitted that that uh, that he got his idea for the dying Earth from uh, from Clark Ashton Smith. But he certainly did. And and Clark Ashton Smith created this uh, this world in the future that was. Uh, Sorcery had returned. It was kind of it was, it was almost like a like a medieval world, uh, and but it was a post-apocalyptic. You know, the, the earth was dying, and the sun was fading out, and and uh, the same thing basically that that uh, that uh, that Jack Vance used for the dying earth stories. And of course, as as you know, the uh, Jack Vance dying earth became the inspiration for Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, and and uh, so we might say that Smith had something indirectly to do with that. But anyway, I uh, hope you've enjoyed uh, in, in, enjoyed uh, your your introduction to the to the um, and sort of the uh, the chocolate cake version of of Clark, of Clark Ashton Smith. And uh, I encourage you to to. Investigate Smith and, and and enjoy his his fiction. Those of you who like Lovecraft will certainly like Smith, and because uh, Lovecraft really liked Smith, the two of them were very good friends. Uh, anyway, uh, that uh, that uh, does it for uh, for this evening, and uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, so, in the meantime, uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, see if you can look up look up Clark Ashton, and uh, and we'll be back next week with with another with another stimulating show, and, uh, and so until then, good magic. <laughs>